0: Here we are at the Byron Writers' Festival in the Combi with author Jesse Blackadder. Well, thank you so much for coming. Um, but firstly, to start off with your book, 60 Seconds. So it's been described as an incredibly moving novel that encapsulates some real family grief and redemption. What was your inspiration? It really grew out of an experience I had in my childhood. So I had um,
1: a family loss. My younger sister drowned as a toddler in our swimming pool. And that was a really formative story in my life that really influenced the person I became, I think, and the person I grew into. And I had I tried writing it the very first novel that I started writing in my early 20s, and I think I was too young as a a novelist and as a person to really know how to write that story and so to come back to it now in my 50s with a lot more experience and just more maturity and to say it's not my story anymore i'm not just telling a thinly disguised version of my own family story but i'm actually creating a fictional story but it has grown out of that personal experience
0: yeah definitely and um So we've noticed storyboard walking over here as well. So that's been going for a while. And um, what motivated you to create those workshops?
1: I saw the wonderful American author Dave Eggers uh, speak in Australia. And Dave started... Uh, a program called Valencia 826 in San Francisco that was about teaching kids creative writing in really unusual and exciting ways so they have a shop front there that is uh, the pirate supply store and you walk in and, and it's literally the pirate supply store you know you walk into a shop and you buy all this pirate stuff and at the back of the shop is the creative writing workshop and kids walk through that shop and it symbolises entering a new world and a fantastical world. And then, and then they come into the creative writing workshop and they write. There's a wonderful organisation in Sydney called the Sydney Story Factory and they have a Martian embassy at the front. It's a shop front. You walk in, you go, what? What is this? You know. And I can buy a can of Martian air and I can buy space food sticks and all these fantastic things. And then I walk through into the creative writing centre. So we wanted to do that here, but we knew in a regional area we had to think about it differently. And so we created the Storyboard Bus, which is a kind of magical work of art in itself. And the difference is we go out to the kids rather than getting the kids to come into us. It's like we get rid of the travel problem. We take authors and illustrators out to kids and directly engage with them. And the idea really is that creativity is it's not just like a fun thing to do one day to do some creative writing it it is an important life skill and it's going to become even more important for younger generations you know where most jobs are going to be automated the thing that can't be automated is that spark of human creativity so that was our idea to take real working authors and illustrators into schools where kids are to give them that first-hand experience of creating their own stories
0: Mm, Definitely. And so are all of those authors volunteers as well, or...?
1: No. So that was an interesting thing too. It's like I I really wanted the value of paying authors and artists for their work, for valuing their work. And we've been very lucky that we've raised funding for Storyboard mostly through government programs. And we've insisted all along we're going to pay our authors at the proper union rates so their work is valued and recognised. We do have volunteer tutors who come along and assist and we're incredibly grateful for those volunteers. And we have a paid staff coordinator. So it's, it's run as a professional program it pays professional staff, and it's supported by a wonderful network of volunteers.
0: Yeah, that's great. And um, so you are teaching units in creative writing now at Southern Cross University as well. How are you finding that? I'm loving it.
1: I'm I'm teaching a unit called Writing for Young People, Mm -hmm. and I I especially love the face-to-face. I mean, I love working face-to-face with people, so I have a group of students on campus and meet with them every week. And there's a bigger group doing the course online and I interact with them through lectures and actually it 's been gorgeous because here at the festival i 've had three or four students come up and say hi i 'm in your writing for young people course i haven 't met you because i 've been online so that 's been a real treat to meet people but you know it's it's inspiring it's really it 's really fantastic working with people that are you know sometimes at the start of their writing careers or their writing practice um, excited about where that might take them and open to all different possibilities so quite a few of my students have said, oh, I hadn't really thought about writing for young people as something I could do, you know, as a viable career. But it's a really exciting career. And when you write for kids, you're, you're having a big impact on their lives. You know, you're, you know if you're writing picture books, you're, you're getting children as they're you know, really forming their personalities. And if you're writing for primary school children, you know, that's the golden age of reading. That's when they come to love books and love independent reading. And if you can be part of that, it's the most rewarding work. It's just fantastic.
0: Yeah. And um, so after receiving the Australian Antarctic Arts Fellowship and travelling the Antarctic most recently, um, what did you learn when creating and filming your TV drama, Antarctica, as well as the junior adventure novel? Well, look, I, I would love to
1: say we were filming Antarctica down there, but, in fact, television is a very long process. So we were doing the early development for a TV series and that involved my um, collaborator, Jane Allen, who's a screenwriter, and I sitting in a room, you know, pretty much for three months over, over the summer at Mawson Research Station. We went to work every day just like everyone else on the station and we covered the room in index cards, we plotted out storylines, um, you know, we wrote down things... Um, It was a fantastic process and a rare process to actually have three months with a collaborator to say, this is a time set aside for this. This is the only thing that we're doing while we're here. You know, that's very rare. Um, So it was really, really fruitful time. Now we have the struggle of getting our schedules to align again so that we can complete some of that work. Um, But we are talking to production companies about the TV series and we've got quite a bit of interest and... Ooh, I'm waiting for the festival to finish September is when we're going to come back together and finish the kids adventure novel that we wrote together And it allowed us to experiment with writing a book together, so literally sitting side by side and writing alternating chapters which neither of us had ever done that before and that was a great A great experience, like really unusual and really exciting and and something I really value.
0: Mm. And so while you were there as well, from that formed your essay, A Language for Antarctica, Summit at Mawson, and in that you say, the real Antarctica is hard to take in, impossible to describe and challenging to photograph. I struggle to articulate even to myself what it feels like. Um, And so in that, what do you mean when you say the real Antarctica? I mean the, the
1: actual experience of living there. And although I've been to Antarctica three times, this is the first time I could say I lived there. And at Mawson, there's a sign bolted to the rocks at the entrance to the harbour, and the sign says, it's home, it's Mawson. And to me, that was an invitation that everyone who comes to Mawson, you make it your home while you live there. You engage with it as your home. But that still, it's such a different world to the world we live in here that it is really hard. And I and I did find myself saying things like, it's awesome. Like what a terrible word for a writer to say, it's awesome. But it was, the, to find the words to describe the immensity of the landscape and the different experience was, it stretched me as a writer in every possible direction. And I, I feel that it will, I think it will influence my work for years. I think for years I will be, thinking of the words that I can use to describe it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And even as you were saying in your earlier session, you didn't see stars for six months and experiences like that. You're going to be able to keep with you. And um, so lastly, why do you think it's important to make sure that environment is protected?
1: I think you really see it in Antarctica when, you know, and that's an incredible privilege. I feel so privileged to have gone there and to see a landscape that, you know, my experience of it is it's not... The landscape is much bigger than humans there you know you don 't see the evidence of human impact with your naked eye you know so you, what you see is an extraordinary wild, inhospitable landscape that 's living on its own terms you know and we 're so used to living in modified landscapes all the time um, so that was a very very precious thing and I think I think most people who see Antarctica have some feeling like that they might not express it in those words, but it is um, you know, a sort of unmediated experience of a powerful nature, and you really get a sense of that. And you do feel protective of it. You do think, let's not ruin this, please, please, let's not ruin this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for answering and taking the time to meeting us. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs>